first get organizational or executive buy-in for a change. Make the change visible. Make people understand the way the culture is currently and how it has to change. M maybe show them what's the pain you're mm. currently struggling with and how, how could the organization deal with it. Get a mandate for the change, but don't fight it with data without the mandate. That will backfire. Welcome to No Hacks Show, a weekly podcast in which smart guests talk to you about better online experiences. This episode is about the battle of cultures in experimentation and optimization and what you should do to win that battle. And my guest is the CEO and founder of Craft, the leading German business optimization consultancy, where he focuses on behavioral economics, neuromarketing, game theory, social psychology, and consumer psychology. He is also a university lecturer, a published author, and a public speaker. He's on a personal mission to share his knowledge and insights on how to create better optimization hypotheses and deliver higher uplifts in e-commerce optimization. And there's also the whole growth marketing summit thing we'll talk about later. Andre Morris, welcome to NoHack Show. A pleasure to have you as a guest. Thanks for having me. It's, it sounds amazing. If, if, if I listen to your words, I'm amazed by myself. Is it, that is you. Yeah, that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, so I've heard. Uh, so uh, two very influential optimizers, uh, Craig Sullivan and Tom Wesseling, also praised your sense of humor and comedic timing. Oh, my God. really caught no my attention. Pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No, no, no. So comedic timing and stage presence, that's almost like stand-up comedy, right? Okay. okay. My first question, do you have a favorite stand-up comedian? No, I'm not that much into comedy. Okay. I, I, I think I'm that generation born in the 70s. We, we, we watched movies like The Naked Gun or Life of Brian. That, that was hilarious. But if, if you watch it again it. now, you think, oh, my God, why was that funny? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Not Life of Brian. You can watch that ongoing. It's always I, fun. I agree. I, I, w I just spent the holidays in Serbia and watched the movies I saw as a kid. Yeah, and there's so much wrong about that. There, yes. there was yes. the things we used to laugh about are just embarrassing yes. right now. Yes, yes, yes. So, getting to the main topic, the the battle of cultures in experimentation. Let's talk about what experimentation culture is first. So, could you just walk me through that? Oh, I mean, experimentation culture completely relies on the effect that you learn faster with a high amount of validity. Uh, compared to a classical or traditional mm. approach of decision-making. So basically, it, it gives you two advantages. Uh, and as I said, one, the validity of your decisions is higher. So if you ask, ask somebody who's really experienced uh, and highly skilled for a long time, and, and you say, what's better, A or B? And they will choose, and they will have a certain ratio how, how, how many times they, they make the right decision. Um, compared to um, data-driven experimentation, uh, which which basically has has a much higher validity, this chance to to pick the right winner increases. So let's say an expert is able to to make sixty percent right decisions with with a proper A/B testing approach. You might be able to increase that um, number up to ninety percent. So mm. you are making better decisions. That's that's the idea of experimentation. Uh, and the second is it's faster because if you rely on, on expert opinion or leadership opinion or highest uh, person's paid opinion, yeah, um, then it takes a time. You will 
create committees and people will discuss and uh, should we do make this that way or that way? And that completely slows down um, uh, product development processes and, and, and whatever processes. P people will discuss a lot with lower quality of, of making the right decisions. Mm. So that's basically decision making by experimentation. Uh, you, you will make a lot of mistakes, learn from them and, and yeah, be much faster. Right. And how does an organization go from lack of this approach to completely, completely adopting it or at least partially adopting it? I think it's important to understand the truth. Where are we right now? So what's the, the current situation? And I, I'm not a history person, right? But um, as far as I understood, we come from something that is called industrial revolution back in the 80s, 50s, whatever, 19th century, uh, when people started building steam machines and, 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 and going from workshop to bigger construction halls to bigger companies, they asked themselves, how are we organizing our companies? And they had a look at military said, well, oh, that's working. That, these are mm. the only organization structures with, with hundreds or thousands of people that are working. And now we go from 15 to 1,500 people. We, let's do the same. So this is how it all started uh, 150 years ago. And this is wh where we s still struggle with. We have um, hierarchy in our organization. We have bosses that tell us what to do. And to become a boss, you need to excel in, in decision-making. If you do something right, people will look at you and say, wow, this guy, he, he, he's clever. Uh, we had a problem. He solved it. He's doing the right thing. So you get uh, a praise for doing the right things. And uh, if you continue to do that, you will later get a, a, a promotion. And you continue, you get an, a, a, a next promotion and you end up being a boss because you always made the right decisions. And now, today, I explain experimentation culture. We come with a completely different approach that says, hey, you guy, you made the right decisions for 20 years or even longer. We praised you for that. We promoted you for that to management position. You're now vice president, whatever. <laughs> But man, uh, Luck is not on your side. Today, we do it with experimentation and data. So we need to get rid of you and everything you've done in the, in the past 25 years. So, so basically, that's, that's a clash of cultures. We, we have mm. a traditional um, culture uh, that is top down with bosses telling us what to do, setting the goals, knowing everything better. I exaggerate a little bit, but basically, that's where we come from. And now we have a bottom-up approach with expectations. So is you don't have the right to decide something. Clients will decide. Data will is a, a foundation. Yeah, that that's a clash. Okay, okay. So so it, it it's the old way of thinking and and the new, well, not even new. I wouldn't say that experimentation-based yeah. approach is is that new. But I, I guess it's not. It's as not that new. Way. No, yeah. absolutely not. But if you if you implement it in corporate culture, it's new. Mm. You know, oh, I yeah. That, that's why I talk about uh, digital natives. You know, the companies that are really doing great in experimentation, usually they are digital native companies. So, mm. so, so Google, Amazon, Booking, Facebook, Airbnb, whatever, you name them, Uber. These companies started in a digital era. They, they never had another situation. So for them, it was obvious that if you had to make a decision, you do, you do it with data. Right. But if you started 200 years ago as a high street, brick and mortar store retailer, you didn't have the opportunity to, to test things, to experiment. So you had to be right. And this is 
why this this culture is so deeply implemented in us hmm. and, and tells us being right is the more, most important thing. And now with experimentation, we say, whoa, to, to being proved wrong as right. fast as possible. That's the new thing. <laughs> and, and, so, and to find and, what's right, exactly. Exactly. So okay. we need a kind of humbleness now that removes us from the position that, that uh, bosses are decision makers uh, that mm. are able uh, to, to make decisions with a high uh, validity. They, they are not. So if I say ego is what creates the friction here, is that correct? Finally, but you know, uh, if you call it like this, I would say it, it, is, uh, it is pointing the, mm. the pathological uh, factor towards a single person. And that's not the case. It's the system. It's where we come from. It's 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 a tradition, the history that 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 brought us here. That's why I think, first of all, it's important to understand why it is like it is. And you simply can't tell people after twenty five people uh, twenty five years, well, we have something better to to make better decisions. You, you can't do that. You you can tell them, well, I can I can help you. Uh, even improve your decision making with, with experimentation, but don't, don't fight, okay. don't fight the hippo. <laughs> don't fight it. Well, you you will lose exactly. That there's there's no fighting the hippo. It, any exactly. kind of hippo, I guess. Uh, uh, I mean, don't they kill the most people in the world every year of all animals? Most something, dangerous something, animal. Something insane like that in corporate. World, I had I guess. Uh, for my for my talk at Conversion Hotel, I I prepared like three fun facts people don't know about hippos, and one is um, if if they make sounds, you can hear them for like two miles away. They are one of the Ooh. loudest animals. I I and, never heard a hippo. Yeah. <laughs> Second, they produce their own sunscreen. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah, their Ow. skin produces a red oh. fluid that is wow. like sun blocker. Amazing, isn't it? And, and the third thing is they can identify or separate friend from foe by the smell of their dung. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Wow. That, that, <laughs> I mean, wow. But they don't do experimentation well. Let's just no, take something they, away they from don't. them. So uh, another, another thing that we're going to talk about is, I mean, we're in the midst of a battle of cultures or even a revolution, hopefully a revolution, right? Because mm -hmm. if we all switch to Let's see what the right way is versus this is how we we have been doing it for fifty, a hundred years. Like mm -hmm. I think everybody wins. Why might we, you said we we might lose the battle because because we picked the wrong weapons? Is mm -hmm. is what you wrote to me. So why is that the case? What are the weapons? I I think first of all because we still patho pathologize. Can I mm -hmm. say that? I don't know. I'm not a native speaker. Because we pathologize the person. We we, okay. we we point at the person, say, you're wrong. We now have a better system. And, and we try to replace people that have more power. And we try to do that with, with data. We say, I prove you wrong. You said, let's do it like this. I made an A-B test. You're wrong. Here's the data. Of course, it won't work. The power of, 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 of a boss somewhere in the hierarchy is always higher. Um, sure, data is a strong currency in, 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 in companies, but, but you, you can't fight the culture with data. Uh, it's about uh, behavior. How do people mm. behave and why is it important? So my, my claim is first get organizational or executive buy-in for a change. Make the change visible. Make people understand the way the culture is currently and how it has to change and why 
there lies an opportunity in this change. So m maybe show them what's the pain you're mm -hmm. currently struggling with and how, how could the organization deal with it. So this is why I say always first uh, look for, for buy-in uh, and, and, and then try to change things. Get a mandate for the change, but don't fight it with data without the mandate. That, that will backfire. Spectacularly, in some cases even. So uh, the, the, the right approach to win this game or battle or, or, or mm -hmm. war of cultures is to really try to help the old way thinking and then try to aid their decision making versus yes. just try to prove them wrong, right? Yes, it's, it's about understand the system how it is and change it. Basically, mm. you could say step one, don't fight. Yeah, how, how to win the fight, don't fight. <laughs> don't talk about the fight love, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, how to win the game? Don't don't fight. Understand the current system. Understand the stakeholders. Make make the pain visible. Get mm. get buy in for the change you need. And then, as soon as you have a mandate to change things, then then start okay. uh, working on it. And and if you do it the right way, and if you align what you want to accomplish with the, with the goals of the organization, I'm not talking about metrics like revenue. I'm talking about strategic goals. You know, every right person in a, in a top management position has already uh, drilled down their um, challenges towards certain areas. So they will mm. say, well, we need to improve customer loyalty. We need to change our brand perception. We need to uh, change infrastructure, logistics. We need to expand internationally. So these are typical challenges a top management has. Top management will never say, well, we need to do more A-B tests. Never happened. Of course. Because of course. these are their strategic goals. But your way of working mm. with, with this cultural change um, will help them achieve these goals faster and easier. Uh, that, that, that's, the, that's the move. Uh, so right. don't fight them. Don't tell them how important A-B testing is explain them why you could uh, facilitate the processes, why you could raise the, the validity of decision-making, why you could enhance the speed of decision-making with A-B testing. But they're not thinking in, in, in dimensions like A-B testing or experimentation. They simply don't care. Right. And sadly, uh, uh, one thing that I've noticed, I, I don't have 26 or 27 years of experience in this field like you do, but I have a few. One thing I've noticed is that most decision makers, they think about building something, building a feature, building a website, and then A-B testing. Mm -hmm. Is that wrong or should A-B testing be part of the, the journey from, from, day, from the planning, basically? Johnny Longden yeah. was on this podcast recently, and he said that uh, experimentation as a feature of web development is when it becomes the most powerful. So when, you, yeah. when you're actually thinking in terms of how do we build this properly versus just planning for six months ahead of work and then figuring yeah. out if it's right or wrong. Do yeah. you think that is, that is the right approach as well? I, I think it's, it's important to understand that everybody who's making decisions hmm. is suffering from what we call confirmation bias. So every person wants to see the truth that is already in their mind uh, in, in the outside world. So I always seek for data or symptoms that kind of fosters my existing beliefs. So mm. if I, as, as a decision maker, have the strong belief that we need feature uh, XYZ, you name it, then I will see 
um, symptoms or indicators that I'm right everywhere. And um, th this is a big problem. I think confirmation bias in, in decision-making is a big problem because it makes people build things that maybe nobody needs. So yes, you're, you're right. Um, it's important to prove your assumptions as early as possible. Hmm. That's why we have concepts like the, 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 the minimal viable product um, uh, in, in product and agile devel product development. So we need to prove our assumption. Is there is there a problem of our clients that we can we can solve? So like problem solution fit. If we created a feature, is that something the market wants? Uh, product market fit and and so on. So of course, the earlier we try to validate our assumptions, the higher is the chance that we are able to eliminate confirmation bias. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. It's Once hard. People Decided, well, that's fancy. I want that. Yep. <laughs> it's hard no, to get them to think otherwise. I've had a decision maker come to me and say, we want to build this. Can you A-B test if it works? Like, it, without even knowing, it was not, it, it's, it's worse than, it sounds worse than it was, but it, without even knowing if that feature is needed, like, yeah, they, they had a vision of this is what we want want to have. Can you A-B test to prove that yeah. we're right? Like, basically, that, that was the, <laughs> the, the test. And and that's why I think it's important to 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 understand we need uh, a cultural change because mm -hmm. confirmation bias is something we are not aware about. It is it feels natural to have an idea and to be uh, completely excited about this idea and that you want to build it as fast as possible. Uh, so testing your assumptions as early as possible is something that I would call counterintuitive. So you you need uh, another force that makes you stop and say, well, yeah, it's a great idea. It might be a great idea. Let's test it. I need to be more humble. I learned that many of my ideas failed, so let, let's test it. That is not something that is that that is intuitive. So m most decision makers uh, will will yeah kind of fall in the confirmation bias trap and will say, well, we need it, build it, uh, and then I mean, then like we we have product teams that, that build it fast. Uh, and and don't test exactly it. Like, like you said early in the episode, they get promoted and promoted and promoted, and then they think I'm right all the time. I didn't get this far because I was wrong. I know what I want, and like, I mean, it, it's a battle. It, it's a war. It, it's really a war of cult mindsets, maybe not cultures. Let, let's call it. Let's call it forces. And forces. If, you, if if you pick the wrong weapon, uh, for example, test result. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, you might uh, end up being really frustrated, uh, not moving things forward. If you understand the reality and pick the right weapon, change management, stakeholder yeah. management, executive communication, strategy, then you might have a really good chance to change something for the better. It just might work, exactly. So let's talk about Growth Marketing Summit. I'm really, really excited. Uh, will there be organized football matches there like going to the to, to to any of the games because there's I something happening that, in Germany yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we we still think about it it's hard to get tickets and i have to there's to a confess, draw there's a lottery pick, yeah yeah we have to pick the the date uh based on the availability of the venue which is the okay. old opera house in frankfurt so Usually there are not many slots available, so I think we we picked the date two years in advance, and we were not aware that there is uh, oh, this wow. football 
what is it? European Championship? European, I think. And I think, I think yeah. Serbia is playing two games pretty close right around that date. So yeah, that's so, what I plan yeah. to do. Be better, yeah, better uh, get your tickets from, from the U UEFA website as early uh, as possible. Yes, there, there's a lottery, I think. Uh, that there's a draw in January yeah. or something like that. I have a, a few friends who are in the draw and have me on their mind, mm -hmm. so hopefully I get a ticket, but it, it's it's going to be amazing. So let, let's talk about the, uh, the the event. When did it mm -hmm. start? What is This is uh, edition number... Oh, that's a good question. It should be... We started in 2010... Uh, as Conversion so... Summit, right? Yeah, as we call it, conversion summit, mm -hmm. and 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 then we had Avinash Kaushik uh, being on stage and say, "Well, um, conversion rate is not the right metric. So why do people call it conversion rate optimization? Everything that contains the word conversion is no. He's very honest, brutally honest. And we said, "Well, he's right. We also don't like the the name, so we change it from conversion summit to growth uh, marketing, to growth marketing uh, summit." Uh, and, and he also destroyed our logo because he said, I hate funnels and everybody who uses funnels, damn it, we had a funnel in the logo. <laughs> but he was right. He was right. I'm really thankful for him. And he's a great speaker. I, I, I always uh, uh, yeah, really appreciate it uh, mm -hmm. when he was there as a speaker. So yeah, since I think 2017, uh, we branded to, to Growth Marketing Summit. Uh, we started really small with like 250 people. Somewhere in the basement of of a of an old uh, um, hall, it, it was a nice uh, venue. But we realized there are many more people that want to learn about growth and and data and customer centricity and customer experiences. So, yeah, we kind of tried to establish a conference in that mashup long before it was named like this. And wow. yeah, so this is uh, that that must be like the thirteenth edition. That is very impressive. And, and the old opera house, I, if you haven't seen, I'll share the video of, of the recap of last year's event to everyone mm -hmm. listening. If you haven't seen that video, you will be blown away because I was when I saw that with the, yeah. with the drums and everything. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, one of the former guests who was a speaker presenter. Mm -hmm. Uh, said that there's events and then there's growth marketing summit, like because. <laughs> literally said the way Andre treats the speakers is, is just mm -hmm. has an experience that anywhere yeah. else. So it sounds pretty amazing. So why should someone from Europe or US, let's say, or anywhere yeah. in the world, why should they visit Frankfurt on June, was it 19th or 17th? June 19th. 19th, right. It's June 19th. And, you know, when we started, you know, I was on the road as a speaker myself for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I visited many conferences, most, most of all commercial conferences. So there are commercial companies that try to earn the money by putting together sponsors and speakers and attendees. And I realized usually these conferences, you, you hear some talks from the sponsors. The lineup is... Yeah, selected nicely, but usually if you have one, two, three good talks that are inspiring, you're happy. Okay. While 60, 70% of the talks might not be that good. Um, so basically, my, my uh, bet was if I visit that many conferences, I just pick the best speakers and create a much better lineup that is inspiring much more. Um, so that's how we started. I, I said, well, if, if, if there's one, two, three speakers that are not so relevant, I already doubled the amount mm -hmm. of insp inspiration compared to other conferences. That that was my bet. And then I learned people don't just come because of the speakers. They come for networking. Uh, that 
if if a couple of hundred, like seven, eight hundred people meet in the old opera house and they have similar jobs, they talk. So yeah. we learned we have to make much more coffee breaks so people can talk and, and network and exchange it. I, I usually say every person of this audience has conducted uh, dozens of A-B tests. So you have a walking database of thousands of winning A-B tests. Just ask the people what worked for them and you will get tons of inspiration. So that's the, the second factor. And the third factor, of course, everybody hates dull hotel conference rooms. So with the old opera house, we try to have a really inspiring uh, venue, um, a professional production, so we, people can really have like an entertainment factor. That there, there should be nice food, great Wi-Fi reception, and power outlets on the table. <laughs> whatever, all the details. I thought, well, it it should be a great customer experience that mm. we deliver because we are customer experience people, and yeah, that's how we did it. Exactly. You can, you cannot. You're not allowed to mess that up. If no. this is the, the line of business you're in. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I will share that video. I'll put it in the episode notes because th that recap was absolutely mind-blowing. I, I have never seen a Thank conference like that. I really haven't. I mean, you. maybe, I mean, the video editors did a great work, great job with it as well, but uh, the drums in the opera house, it, it, it's just out of this world. So uh, how can people get their tickets? It's growthmarketingsummit.com. That was the website. Exactly. It's growthmarketingsummit.com. We are still in the early bird stage. Okay. So if you hurry up, you still get it with a big reduction. I think prices go up until eight, nine hundred euros. Uh, okay. if, if you, if you buy them too late, why is it like that? Because as a conference, uh, organizer, we need some, let's say, uh, security. So if we have people booking the tickets early, um, we have to pay a lot of bills for us. This is a no, no win. Thing right, we, we we just uh, use the money we get from the tickets, and it, it all goes into the production of the event. So, uh, but of course, it's it's like a, a, a four hundred thousand euro budget or or more, wow. and uh, we have to pay a lot of bills. So we're happy for everyone who who gets their tickets as early as possible, and this is how we how you benefit. Uh, you get cheaper tickets if you buy early. I got mine as soon as I heard about the event. Uh, from you, I, I got Thank mine. You. Yes, it's you. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, no, there, there must be a lot of people. Uh, but yes, uh, so I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to the event and meeting you in person there, obviously. Uh, and I want to thank you for being part of No Hack Show, part of this podcast and, and talking You're about welcome. the battles and wars and, and cultures in experimentation and optimization. So to everyone listening, I'm sure you learned a lot today. Uh, I'm sure you learned how to talk to hippos, if nothing else, and the fact they're the loudest animal and, and they produce their sunscreen, which, hey, you never stop learning, right? <laughs> and Andre, thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Uh, 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 and, and to everyone listening, uh, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. Okay.